Hi there, Jack McLean here and welcome to Prepare Like a Pro Live Chats. Prepare Like a Pro is a business that I created earlier in the year. We are a strength and conditioning business, working with male and female, developing footballers all over the country. We're based in Melbourne and we specialise in structuring athletic development programs as well as physical preparation for off-season, pre-season and in-season training. There we are, same request. Thanks for jumping on, Harry. How are you going? Hey, Jack. I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Going well. That is a record pace. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been waiting for it. Thanks for jumping on and I'm looking forward to this chat. I think it'll be a really good one for, for those listening out there, particularly the developing footballers. You've obviously got plenty to share and I've been following your page for some time now, so I'm yeah, really looking forward to this chat. And for those that don't know Harry Simington, he's a strength and conditioning coach, a former semi-professional footballer where he played three years in the NIFA with the Gold Coast Suns before moving to Melbourne um, on a contract with Coburg. Are you still playing, Harry, at the moment? Are you going to play in 21? No, it's, a, uh, it's an early retirement for me. I decided to give up footy in 2020 and then the rest of the world did too. So, yeah, just focusing on coaching. Right. So did COVID force you to retire early or you're already committed to playing in 2020? Yeah, no, I'd already, uh, already chosen to. Yeah, through injuries oh. and whatnot. Yeah, just focusing on, on uni and, and coaching. And yeah, it's all seemed to coincide with, with COVID. Yeah, very well played. So, yeah, Harry is now a private strength and conditioning coach with a special interest in sports biomechanics and motor learning. So if you're not following his page, definitely check it out. He's pretty good in sharing his drills and providing a lot of awesome drills that you can do to improve your mechanics as a footballer, both from an athlete development point of view, but also involves the footies as well, which is good fun to watch. He's studying full-time at the moment at Victoria University with the goal to work in elite sport, both in Australia and around the world. And in addition to his coaching his own private business, he's a performance coach for Katie Brennan's AFLW Academy, which is his complementing role as a operations manager for one-on-one football, where he works alongside his mentor and former coach, Andrew Rains. So was Rains he coaching at the Gold Coast Suns? Is that the yeah, connection? Yeah, he was, he was head of the academy. He still is uh, head of the academy as well. Yeah, so he coached me from about, I think, under 16s uh, right through to when I left. Fantastic. So, yeah, no, no uh, Ramsey quite yeah. well. And, yeah, now he's my boss and, and a mentor too. Yeah, awesome. And you can't miss out the last stop point. Currently living in Melbourne, so he stayed after his contract with Coburg to stay here, which is awesome, and living with his girlfriend Carly and their eight-month-year-old fur baby. Uh, we've got a fur baby as well. He's a mix. He is a, he'd be a good footballer, actually. He's a Kelpie Greyhound. Oh, nice. Yeah, Oates yeah. isn't that athletic. He's, he's a power athlete, put it that way. Yeah, it looks like he gives a good cuddle as well. Yeah, no, he's good. He's, uh, it was a COVID baby as well. It was uh, oh, yeah. out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's uh, a good welcoming into the uh, the family home. You've got to have a good comfort and they're, they're plenty of fun. So we'll jump yeah. straight into it, mate. Uh, take us back to the beginning. When did you fall in love with the game? I guess you're an athlete first before becoming a coach, it sounds like. So maybe yeah. from a footballer point of view... You played at a really high level. So when did you start playing footy and, and when did you start taking it seriously to play at, the, at a high level? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I've played footy ever since I could, I could remember. My parents were uh, a big influence there. Fun fact, I was actually late to the hospital to be born because dad wanted to wait until halftime. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Collingwood was a massive Port fan. So Finals yeah, game or? I think it was a final, yeah. Yeah, and mum was about to give birth, and dad's like, "No, nah, we'll just wait. We'll wait till uh, wait till halftime. We'll go then." I was actually born on the side of the of the freeway because of it. So yeah, so yeah, so played footy and cricket as well as as long as I can remember. It was about I sort of I played both pretty seriously right up till um, about the age of fifteen. Yep. So I was like 
played for Queensland in both. And I, I decided at about 15 to give up cricket and, yeah, really sort of focus on, on football a little bit more. Yeah, so I went right through. Sort of, I missed out on the draft in, in two years, so my 18th and my 19th year. Yep. But along the way, I sort of, I guess, looking at background of strength conditioning, I, I was lucky enough to have my own private coach, SNC coach, when I was 12 years old. Joey oh, Hayes wow. from Ultimate, Ultimate Sports Performance off the Gold Coast. So I was exposed to the world of high performance pretty early. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I just used to love it. I'd, I'd jump in the car. It was Friday night session, I think it was. And I went down about a half an hour drive from our place. And I used to jump in the car after a session and just be battering dad's ear, mom and dad's ear about what I learned, what I did. And I just found it really fascinating how you can yeah, enhance your football, whether it's, uh, whether it's strength, speed, skills, anything. I, I find that really interesting. And Yep. Yeah, obviously being around a, um, a bloke like Joey and, and other coaches along the way, it sort of, yeah, I guess paved the path. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, I suppose I also had a, plenty of recurring injuries and I sort of, there was a point where I was, I guess, a little bit fed up with the fact that I was getting the same injuries over and over again. I had a hamstring that wouldn't go away. And then most recently, like stress fractures in my, in my feet and the navicular. And I just wasn't, I guess I just wasn't satisfied that it's just luck or, um, or it's, 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 a, it's a strength problem. problem. Yep. So I was doing everything I could in the gym. I was a bit OCD with my training. I'd do absolutely everything I could and I wasn't getting any faster. I was still getting injured. Yeah, I guess that sort of pushed me down the path to start trying to figure things out myself. It's not very good at it, but I, I went and outsourced and, and got other coaches and podiatrists and, and whatnot to help me. And uh, I think my biggest interest then and, and especially today as well is biomechanics and not just looking at, at biomotor qualities, let's say individually, but also movement quality and the effects that that can have on, on injury risk get it wrong but then also the 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 really the real positives if you if you if you get it right and yeah i've sort of been enjoying the journey along the way and i'm starting to coach more now and always learning always learning yeah yeah fantastic mate that's a a nice recap you mentioned was it joey the strength conditioning coach at the age of 12 yeah so it sounds like you worked with him for a while what started was it your dad that brought him down there how did you get because it is unusual for footballers to get exposed to conditioning at that age yeah that part of the what stirred that on how did that begin yeah, it's probably um, credit to Joey's marketing, to be honest. I remember, I think I came home from a training session. It was a, it was a new footy team and there was, a, there was a bloke there, Nathaniel or something. I was like, yeah, 12 years old. And, and he was just bigger than everyone. He was just like the strong guy. He was faster. He was running through blokes. And I just remember thinking like, how can I, how can I be like that? And I'm like, oh, he's got, he's got this weapon that I don't seem to have. Like, you know, is it, is it natural? I know I can kick, but I can't, can't run like he can. And, and, and that obviously didn't know too much about it either. And so we did a quick Google search and yeah, Joey's, He's always like he's a, he's a very intense personality. He's really motivated, and it was ultimate sports performance: bigger, faster, stronger. Pretty much the exact words that Dad had typed into Google. So that was that was how I first connected with Joey, and he's unreal. Like yes, I was I'd chat to him most weeks. With like he's been not only a coach and a, and a mentor in, in the SNC space, but also like he's given me heaps of opportunities. I've met some awesome people through him. Trained with. Yeah, sort of, he coached Kurt Tippett and Katie Brennan, actually. That was where I first met Katie. Yeah, sort of exposed to a few elite athletes as a, as a junior. But Joey's awesome. I can't thank him enough for, for what he's not only did for my career, but also for the help he's given me as um, I transitioned into a coach. Yeah. And what age were you when you realized strength and conditioning was something you're interested in pursuing as a career? Yeah, good question. I was sort of, I knew it was up there. I knew it was something that I was interested in. Obviously, I was, I was, I was trying to become a footballer first and foremost. And that was the forefront of my mind. And I was actually talking to Rainsy on a, on a podcast just, uh, just today, actually. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, sure. About, about the importance of having a plan B. And I think I was always, my parents were both went to uni and I, I think they sort of encouraged me to, to find something else as well that I could put some, some energy into. And so uh, I think the more I got injured, the more I realized I wanted to, 
I wanted to do it because I realized that there's, I like, I like to say performance. I, I probably don't do the same traditional strength training. So I'm maybe more of a performance coach or movement coach or whatever you want to call it. But I find, the, I, I found the more I got injured, the more I got invested in biomechanics, how the body moves. And, and I didn't really have anyone doing that for me. I kept getting injured and didn't really have a why. So I think it was probably around sort of, yeah, between 17 and, and 19 when I had the majority of my injuries. I think that's when I started to really realize that it is, I, can, I can actually help here. It's actually something that, that I don't think is junior footballers are exposed to enough. Yeah, I guess my passions evolved for it. Met some really smart people, learning everything I can from them. And yeah, that's sort of where we are now. Sick. Still very young in my career. <laughs> And uh, you've mentioned Joey, Rainsy, Katie Brennan. Are there other people yep. that stand out in terms of people that have had a strong influence on your career as a transitioning coach or, or mentors, so to speak? Yeah, they're probably the, the main ones. They yep. will give me opportunities that I, that I wouldn't have. From more of a, I guess, learning space, I was lucky enough to meet uh, friends Bosch about this time last year, actually. Spend a day with him and, yeah, been keeping in touch ever since. And, and I've, I think... So it's very different to, to traditional strength training, but there's something something sort of clicked with me when I, I sort of started to understand some of these concepts of movement quality being one of, if not the most important thing. And it was just something that I'm like, we, if we know this stuff, let's do it more. And it's probably not as prevalent, let's say, in Australia. But but yeah, hopefully we can start to, start to change that. Yeah. This is sort of off the cuff. What would be some things that you would have liked to have been exposed to growing up, in, in, whether it be in academies or at schools or what are some... <laughs> interventions that maybe I'm sure you probably want to start to put into place now that you've got yep. this knowledge, but is it a matter of just seeking a private S&C like you did yourself or is it bigger scale things like academies at the Gold Coast or, or NAB League, community football? What, what do you think needs to change? I just think it could be something as simple as, as, as having a running coach. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to make it, you have to make it complicated. Like I think I probably look a little bit further than running and, and whatnot, but it, I just think if we use that as the foundation and a lot of the a lot of the movement quality stuff that, that I look into, it, it's all based around running. It's the same reflexes at the end of the day where we're made to run. And I think just because you can run doesn't mean you run well. And I think now that I've started to look into it a little bit more, I've, I've looked back on footage of myself and I know how I used to run. It was big, lopy strides, really heavy steps, like no pretensioning, no like really poor pelvic control and like, like really low frequency of, stre- of steps. I just think... It's as we as we get stronger and we get introduced to more strength training programs. It's probably a good idea to to also complement that complement that with with movement training. And if you're at a club or something, it could be as simple as just getting a running coach in. But I think running coaches as well need to know that, or need to I guess understand that it's not it's it's not track sprinting. It is different. The same principles apply, but then looking at, at what the sport needs and and what stimulus the athletes aren't getting. Like tennis is a really good example. They get really good movement patterns just from the sport. Like use spinal co-contractions or when you rotate, we need to have an extended an extended spine. They get that for free because the sport teaches them that. I think there's some things mm. in, we, we don't get that as footballers. So I think looking at, at, at what the requirements of the sport are, particularly individual movement analysis as well. I think we all get given a similar program. I know you're huge on, on getting blokes in one-on-one. And I think if you're looking to put in a really effective system, it's got to be based on the individual and you've got to start with an analysis, find out what's wrong. And that's sort of probably what I, oh, what's good and what's wrong. That's probably something that I would have, yeah, absolutely loved when I was playing. Yeah, fantastic. And, and on that note, so yeah, you're now working as a as a private movement coach, performance coach, training coach, whatever you want to call it. But what does the first session look like for a developing footballer? And what are yep. sort of your key pillars that you're trying to do when you work with an athlete one-on-one for, let's say, a couple of months? Yeah, good question. I, I like we were just speaking about. I always start with a movement analysis. So, and not just straight line running, like a lot of agility stuff as well. 
get the iPad out, film it all so I've got it there as well, not just so that I can analyze it later, but also so I've got something to look back on after we put in a good, a good stint of training. So it always starts with that. That doesn't normally take up you know, half a session for the first couple of times. And then it's about simulating the athlete. And I think a lot of the time we get caught in doing very basic movements the same. And we always, it's, it's repetition after repetition. I think we can get better at stimulating that and encouraging them to produce what we want to see themselves. That's another concept that I've learned from Fran. It's like, if I want someone to do something, let's say it's hip hop, if I want, if I want to see hip hop, I can't just tell the athlete, this is what you need to do. This is what it looks like. Go and do it. It's yeah. if we want to make lasting change, it's got to emerge from the athlete themselves and themselves. Sorry. And that's, it doesn't mean you just sit there and, and shut up and you don't give cues. Like, it actually makes it harder because you've got to implement constraints and you've got to use what we call like a constraints-based approach of creating an environment that is challenging enough that the movement patterns that you're after emerge um, naturally from the athlete. And that, that's sort of where the integration of, let's say, strength training or movement training, whatever you want to call it, and motor learning comes from. It's very much what you want to see. And then it's about, because I know it doesn't mean that the athlete's going to do it on match day. It yeah. always comes back to that, that, that question of transfer, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Is that where the aqua bag comes in to, to get that stimulus to, to, and keep the, the athletes engaged and, and challenge them from a stability point of view? Is that what you're trying to work at there? Yeah, absolutely. The, it's not just putting them on and doing it for the sake of using it. It's, it's more so you can, let's say you, you do a 100-meter sprint with the aqua bag. It, it's, it's sloshing around so that every step you take is different to the next step. And then the next 100-meter run you do is going to be slightly different. So it's contextual variability you might be running the same distance at the same pace but you're using a different you're using different muscles to do it every time because the chaos forces that let's say mm-hmm. and so yeah it's sort of it's a way of um, a really easy way thanks to, thanks to the products to introduce a really chaotic environment a really unstable environment and if the task is clear that's really important knowledge of result if the task is clear and you know your end point then we can put the athlete in let's say a really chaotic environment and how they cope with that environment or the, the self-organization the uh, the movement that they produce is under pressure every time. Yeah. So you're not rep- it's repetition without repetition. That's a real catchphrase is that you're not, let's say there's no sort of monotony with your training. It's always stimulating and challenging at a level at or above what it's going to be on match day. And I think, yeah, we can sort of, that's sort of that's something that I try and I try and do is make sure that however long an athlete's with me, if it's 60 minute or, or a 90 minute session, that they're always stimulated. Yeah. More so it's got to be, it's got to be more so than what they are on game day and then all of a sudden game day seems a little bit easier because self-organization has been challenged yeah prior to prior to that day yeah fantastic and a lot of the sessions i've seen you you're out on the field with the guys you're involving the footies what's your approach with you mentioned change of direction work that you do it looks like you do some sprinting work some kicking work does an athlete come and say look hey i want to improve my you know, distance mobility kick long distances or kicking at, at speed and then you'll sort of attack that one skill or do you sort of assess the athlete and from your assessment you then say this is some things that we need to focus on um, yeah yeah it, yeah it always comes from the from the, the movement analysis but it doesn't so if i let's say i'm, I'm doing the analysis and, I, and I've, I find that there's inadequate pretensioning of the of the of the swing leg before it goes into stance phase so swing leg retraction we have hip extent so let's say i find that error that's a pattern that's an attractor that you see not only in running but in kicking as well so the odds are if they're not doing it when they run they're not doing it when they kick they're not doing it when they change direction so it's very much attack the attractor not attack the the, the whole thing as a as a separate category i guess because the, the the body doesn't see kicking as any different from running but it's, it's it's all movement and i think that's the that's sort of the art of what friends has been able to do is that 
he's made sense of all the chaos. There's so much, like, how can you, how can you even look at agility and give it any type of qualitative measure? But with a set of instructions or, or a set of attractors or these, these really key movement qualities, you yeah. can build any movement. As long as you've got these, these really stable components in place, variation can be controlled. So like, let's say someone's running, they've got hip lock, you've got swing leg attraction, whatever, blah, 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 and then six of them. Then yeah. doesn't matter what their arms do, like you can still reach out and grab the footy, you can still kick the ball, but the, the foundations of, of agility and movement are still there. So for me, it's about finding the attractor that's missing or finding the attractors or, or, or finding where the athlete's incompetent and then and then trying to make it worse. That's a, that's a really hard one to sort of get to mind. Is it, I say something, I make it worse until or I go after it and I, and I make it harder for them to, to stay in that pattern. And then that's how we all of a sudden get it to emerge from an athlete naturally. So learning. Yeah, 100%. So there's, there's a point where the, the solution that they currently do is no longer effective and they have to come up with a new one. Obviously, you do it safely. Make it, make it, make it nuts. And then I think it, there is a, very, there's a process to it. Like a lot of the time you see stuff and see stuff online or it's just variation for the sake of it. It's very much, it's, yeah, there's room behind every single exercise we do. Yeah. yeah that's that's improving my... movement quality. Yeah, 100%. That's my goal. That's my goal. Yeah. And like you were talking about before with kicking and like, it's all integrated. And I think especially as with COVID and, and, and there's less jobs out there, I think the more integrated you can be, the more value you can apply, you can provide to anyone. So yeah, I guess I've played footy. So I, I know some of the, the skills. I know what it's like to be an athlete. I know the way around a, a way through. But the more I can sort of integrate that and help the athletes see it as, as development, not separate categories. Yeah. I think that's, that's really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, like you mentioned earlier, that's where I imagine you get that transference into playing the game and so am i right in thinking that you're studying at the moment vic uni or, or have you just finished yeah you, you are studying so what are you studying yes yes i'm still doing my sports science degree so yep. i've done like my asker and all that but yeah i said it while i was playing i could only do it part-time so i'm still um yeah still chipping that one out but that's yeah, it still, yeah it's great yeah 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 so i was yeah, at nice. uh, i was at griffith uni when i was on the gold coast and then when i moved down i transferred over to to be, which actually is something I, I sort of wanted to do anyway. So that was that was a good move for um, for yeah, win win. And you work with Kenny Brennan. Do you want to go into a little bit of detail on, on what your role is there and, and what's going yeah. on with for those that don't know Katie Brennan's academy? Maybe just a, a bit of an intro to it. Yeah, yeah. So like I said before, I, I know Katie from from my Queensland days. We we trained together. Yeah, she smashed me in like a in a, in a field drill or something when, when I was like twelve. <laughs> and then yeah, so so when I moved down, I, that was another connection through Joey that that, that I made and. She had a job going at, at her academy, so it's a, we've got an AFLW academy there where we've got girls all the way from 12 years old all the way up to VFL, VFLW players and local players, everyone in between. And so it's a really good environment. And yeah, so we do skills, we do strength and conditioning. So I, I'm a performance coach there, so I do yeah a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. So sort of what we were talking about before with it being like a an integrated approach, like we'll do skills and and, and movement or, or running or, or whatever it is as part of the same session. I think, yeah, I think the girls really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great setup. Katie's great. She's got a, a wealth of knowledge herself. And yeah, like I think it's a really good environment for, for yeah, young female footballers to get a glimpse of, of what it's like from, from, yeah, from Katie, who's obviously at, at the highest level. Um, yeah, absolutely. Week. Yeah, it sounds like a good, in, a good environment. So yeah. members, anyone can join female footballers that are playing and then they'll be a member and they can train it. It's like a gym in a sense. So they can just train and get involved with the field sessions, the gym sessions. You coach like a few sessions a week sort of thing. Yep. Is that how it sort yep. of rolls out? Yeah. So KB Performance is, is a gym. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different services. Like people can come for just like normal PT, just general population, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, we've got the, the AFLW Academy, which is, which is the part that, that I'm working in. And, and yeah, we do, I think we've got about four 
afternoons a week or three and one Saturday morning or something. We obviously we had, we had more pre-COVID, but yeah, it's like a, it's like a, we all give them their individual program skills together. Yeah. Just sort of a program to complement what they're doing at their, at their local club or their, their tap club or, or yeah, wherever they are. With Fantastic. And, and you're involved with one-on-one, so Rainsy's business or company as the performance coach there. What's your role with one-on-one football? So I'm in charge of operations. So yeah, just doing, I'm helping Rainsy out with, you know, organizing and, Bit of graphic design as well. Actually, that's a bit out of my uh, bit out of my comfort zone. So, so yeah, I, I do operations behind the scenes. I've got a few exciting developments coming up as well. So, stay tuned with that. Um, yeah, and then, sure. yeah, obviously, I, I coach as well. I actually started out before I started doing any SNC coaching. I was I was coaching on the platform as a, as a skills coach. And yeah, again, like thanks to that was another opportunity. Thanks to Rainsy that that I managed to have. And then yeah, just sort of. Now, now I do. I still do those sessions. I still do my my footy sessions. I've got I've got regular footballers that I coach. But yeah, I think I, I, I make it more than just a skill session. Yeah, yeah. obviously everyone's different. Everyone, I'm saying everyone wants something different. But yeah, just a few few more strings in my bow. Fantastic, mate. Well, it's been a jam packed thirty minutes. We'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Save the save your voice for for a period of time. So you got a coaching voice tomorrow. That's great, mate. It's good to get a better understanding of all the different hats that you've got going on and and the work that you're doing. What are you most excited about for 2021? You mentioned some exciting projects that are coming up. Yeah, what are you most excited about for, for next year? Yeah, for sure. Um, won't give too much away just yet. A decent reveal, so no, we'll keep, keep it on a couple of those ones. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to travelling, to be honest. We've both, Carly and I, have family up in Queensland. We're getting back for Christmas, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do that a little bit more regularly. Uh, I've got a few athletes up there as well, so it'll be good to see them. It'll be good to get back to uni, to be honest. We've, uh, we've been doing all these very practical courses online, which um making it happen, but, but yeah, it'll be good, good to get back in the classroom. Yeah, pretty much everything, to be honest. Just looking forward to the, to the world opening up again. A bit of normality, for yeah, sure. Well, thanks again, Harry. Thanks for catching up and we'll, we'll no doubt catch up in the flesh. It's not at the end of this year, maybe sometime in the new year. But yeah, really appreciate you jumping on and sharing your knowledge, mate. That was great. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for watching, guys. Catch up.